this is lady tiffany ma and this is these walls of thing i hope you guys are having a lovely hump day it is wednesday y'all y'all finally getting over that little hump y'all finally getting over that craziness or whatever have you that's going on in your life i hope you guys are having a beautiful hump day it is gorgeous outside it is nice and warm happy june in a new month already last time i checked we were at the beginning of may and now we over here in june i'm like my god time is just flying by i guess time fly by when you're having fun so i guess i'm having fun <laughs> um i told y'all i was gonna come on here And I was going to discuss, we're going to talk about Marilyn Monroe. And I probably should have had Marilyn Monroe with my Hollywood week, but I decided not to. Um, but I just, I'm doing Marilyn Monroe today. We're going to talk about the mysterious death and the mysterious circumstances surrounding Marilyn Monroe. Because um, today is her birthday. She would have been 90... I think she was born the same year my great-grandmother was born. Let me see. If she was born the same year as my great-grandmother been born, she would be 95, if I'm not mistaken. If not, if she's like a year older or something like that. She was 1928 or 1929. Ooh, 1926. So she would have been 90... If she was still alive to this day. And it's always mysterious circumstances surrounding her. Um, her death circumstances surrounding her. You know, she was is what Erica Jane thinks she is, which is she's a riddle. She's a riddle. She's an enigma. She's a riddle. Um, she's an enigma wrapped in a riddle and glam. I mean, she just, she's everything, okay? She's iconic, all right? And y'all, don't sit up here and act like I never talk about how iconic other black women are. Um, but when I was 13, which is crazy because everything that happened was to me when I was 13, I, for some reason, grew this obsession with Marilyn Monroe. And I don't have an obsession still. I have an understanding that things were not all glitz and glam, like everything. of that things were not the way they are. People love Marilyn Monroe because she's beautiful. Everybody loves beauty. Everybody loves glamour. But nobody want to talk about the struggle it was to be Marilyn Monroe. 
And Marilyn Monroe really had a very tough time in Hollywood. She is what I would say. She was one of the victims of the casting couch. Y'all know the casting couch Hollywood story. She was one of the victims of that. And, um, you know, basically, you know, people took advantage of her being young and naive. and But she still managed to be graceful and still managed to be beautiful. But she also known, you know, for, um, unfortunately, people know her for. Um, her scandal with President Kennedy at the time. Um, but today we're not going to be talking about that. We're going to, well, I don't know. We might have to talk about that because, you know, let's just be honest. She didn't pass away not too long after she sung happy birthday to President Kennedy. Um, so we're going to talk about the mysterious circumstances. We're going to be talking about the um, articles that are talking about the documentary. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is Marilyn Monroe. And yes, I do have Tupac on the 16th. I promise you, I do. I'm definitely talking about Tupac. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Do I have Tupac for the 16th or do I have it on his death day? I think I either I'm doing Tupac on his death day or I'm doing Tupac on his birthday. But I will be talking about Tupac and the mysterious circumstances dealing with him soon as well. But today we're going to be talking about Marilyn Monroe, um, how she's iconic. And, you know, we're going to be talking about the documentary surrounding Marilyn Monroe and them talking about the mysterious circumstances dealing with her death and stuff like that. Um, I might even quote the vigilant uh, citizen because... I was reading an article about a vigilant citizen and they brought up something that I was thinking. The one thing I was thinking was the biggest issue I had when it came to dealing with the death of Marilyn Monroe is why did they let the maid go home? Why did they let her get on the plane and go home? Why she wasn't questioned? Why there was no suspicions involving her? Why they just assumed that it was an overdose and that the maid didn't do it? They didn't cross-exam the maid at all. The first person I would always cross-exam is the people that work for these people, which is are the assistants, the butlers, the maids, security. I don't trust security. Okay, anytime, especially with people, I don't trust nobody around these famous people. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I hope you guys are having a beautiful Wednesday. Um... Just in case y'all don't know, I did put out a message that I will be doing a podcast live and I'll be putting out the, um, I'll be putting out the link to go to my podcast live so we can, you know, have a discussion and talk about things that are going in today's society. Just a little discussion, you know, with a few people, just in case you guys want to come. I will be doing that at four. Um, 
we'll be talking about what's going on. Um, I think I told you all the topics we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about T.I., Sun King, and how T.I. Um, handled the, the situation with somebody at... Um, Waffle House. We're going to be talking about Monique and Dio Hughley. And we might even bring up Marilyn Monroe. So, that's what I'm going to be doing today. This is my first time doing this. And this is the first time some of you guys will probably see my face. Some of y'all already probably know me. Most people who follow me have already met me before. Who I personally have a phone conversation before with. So, that's what we're going to be doing today um, at 4 p.m. And it's got to be at 4 p.m. So, we're going to be doing that um, podcast later on. And it's going to be my first live podcast to where I get to speak to people. So, yeah... So, before we get deep into Marilyn Monroe, of course, we got to get a word from our sponsors. Now, I know you're going to be like, why are you getting a word from your sponsors during this podcast when it's not part of your little list of things that you're supposed to be talking about? The reason why is because um, Let's just say this. I'm going to get... You can always have a word from my sponsors. <laughs> Especially when I'm talking about public figures. Well, if I'm talking about something private, and I'm going to do that, there are some videos that I... There are some podcasts that I have done that I monetize. I monetize everything, but there are some that are personal that I'm not... I'm going to demonetize simply because they were personal and I don't want to make money off of personal things. So yeah, we'll be back after the word for, after a word from our sponsors. And we're back. So basically I want to bring this up with this. Um for decades People are obsessed with the image and the icon of Marilyn Monroe. People are obsessed with her. Um, people want to be like her. Um, but there's always been a shred of mystery. When it came to her, whether it's her love life, um, whether it was her career, there's always been a form of mystery and there's always been a form of darkness when it came to dealing with Marilyn Monroe's character. Um, and today we are going to be talking about one of the most mysterious part of her character, which is the day that she died. Um, so we're going to talk about this iconic woman and we're going to talk about the documentary surrounding her. Um, so I will watch this documentary. It is on Netflix. And I think it's called The Secret Tapes of Marilyn. Let me see. 
Let me put a volume on low, honey, so y'all won't be hearing me tipping through my um apps over here. But I think it's called the miss it's called the missing tapes of Maryland or something like that. Everybody know that if you are conspiracy theories and you have been talking about conspiracy theory and dealing with conspiracy theory, it has always been like rumors of tapes about Marilyn Monroe talking about or talking about a situation um, or explaining situations or telling basically the whole truth, nothing but the truth when it comes to dealing with her. So today we're going to be talking about her. Netflix over here tripping, honey. <sighs> and you know, Mercury is supposed to be going done retrograde and by the end of this week. So it don't make no sense when Mercury is about to start in the retrograde that technology decided to start tripping. Let me see if I can find this documentary. It's on Netflix, like I said, and it's surrounding the mystery involving, they talk about the mystery of Marilyn Monroe's death. They talk about her possibly being sexually assaulted. They talk about um, how she was treated in the entertainment industry. They talk about her struggles with wanting to be a mother and um, her losing her baby. Um, they talk about her um, mental illness struggles. <coughs> um, and that's, but today we're going, to, we're going to be focusing on articles that talk about the documentary. So I want you guys to sit back and relax. I want you guys to get some chips, dips, and cool with. I want you to get you some lemonade, crush ice, crush it once, crush it twice. We will be talking about Marilyn Monroe and the documentary, documentary surrounding Marilyn Monroe. And the documentary is called The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tapes. Um, the first article I have is from the New York Post. Hopefully they won't kick me out because uh, a lot of times I'll be doing stuff and they'll kick me out because they don't think I should be able to... Uh, do the documentary and of course i'm not going to read it because i still got this coffee thingy going on with my little hay fever the night marilyn monroe died what really happened with kennedy by asia grace april 25th 2022 6 p.m updated optical illusion in milwaukee tunnel looks like giant hole in road one o'clock one o'clock. What? More on Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe's personal items to be auctioned off in honor of UST after 3 a.m. on August 5, 1962, mere hours after arguing with her supposed lover, then U.S. Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, at her Brentwood, California, estate, Marilyn Monroe's nude, lifeless body was reportedly found by her housekeeper. As the story goes, the glamorous star was surrounded by several bottles of sleeping pills and, an hour or so later, the police arrived on the scene. But some say that's not quite how it happened. No, she wasn't dead at home, says ambulance company owner Walter Schaefer in the new Netflix documentary The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tapes, out Wednesday. One of his former drivers, Ken Hunter, had been dispatched to Monroe's home on the night of her death. Schaefer says that the silver screen superstar was comatose, but alive, 
when Hunter picked her up and began transporting her to an emergency room in Santa Monica. In the days leading up to her death, Monroe's friend says she had been mixing alcohol and prescription medications. Getty Images And writer John Sherlock claims that Monroe's last psychiatrist, Dr. Ralph Greenson, told him, years after Monroe's death, that she was alive at home and was being transported by ambulance to St. John's Health Center when she died en route. She died in the ambulance, Sherlock says in the documentary. Then they took her back to the house. Greenson told her was in the ambulance. Monroe's beautiful and glamorous appeal are indisputable. But, six decades after her tragic passing, the circumstances around her passing remain clouded in contradictions and conspiracies. What I learned was information that changed completely what we thought we knew about her mysterious death, the documentary's narrator, author Anthony Summers, says in the film, and suggests that the circumstances of her dying were covered up. Investigative journalist Anthony Summers recorded more than 650 interviews with friends, colleagues, and witnesses who all had first-hand information about Monroe's curious passing. Getty Images For years, those who were closest to the buxom gentleman prefer blonde's bombshell have not so quietly questioned whether an intentional suicide, an accidental barbiturates overdose, which has officially been ruled her cause of death, or a politically charged homicide was the true cause of her undoing. In director Emma Cooper's doc, Summers, the author of the 1985 book Goddess, The Secret Lives of Marilyn Monroe, exhumes audio recordings from the more than 650 interviews he conducted over the decades with Monroe's friends and co-stars, as well as government officials, to set free the once-closeted skeletons of the tortured diva's afflictions. The tapes I've accumulated while writing the book have never been heard by the public, says Summers. What the evidence suggests is that the circumstances around her death were covered up because of her connection with the Kennedy brothers. There is only one public picture of Monroe with both President John F. Kennedy and his brother Robert F. Kennedy. Time and Life Pictures slash Getty Image In the summer of 62, When the Cold War between the U.S. and the Communist Soviet Union was at a fever pitch, both Robert Kennedy and then-President John F. Kennedy abruptly ended their supposed simultaneous, years-long love affairs with Monroe, according to Summers. At the time, according to his interviews with federal operatives, intelligence agencies feared that Monroe, America's billowing skirt sweetheart, had actually aligned with communist expatriates that were connected to Cuban revolutionary Fidel Castro and officials who had secretly recorded audio of lusty liaisons between Monroe and the brothers Kennedy, they'd meet up at the Malibu, California, abode of actor Peter Lawford, who was married to the Kennedy's sister Patricia at the time, worried that the chatty coquette might be sharing government secrets. They feared she had learned too much during pillow talks with JFK and RFK. Summers says it's very possible that the Kennedy said, S.T., she can make public that we've been discussing nuclear matters. And thought, we've got to stop all this. We can't deal with Marilyn Monroe anymore. Law enforcement officials told Summers that the Kennedy brothers ended their relationships with Monroe out of concern she might have had close ties to members (coughs) of the Communist Party. AP 
But the Kennedy's sudden rejection didn't sit well with the already distressed beauty. Bobby Kennedy called her the night of her death from Lawford's house, recounts surveillance expert Reed Wilson in the film. Wilson, a revered eavesdropping operative, had been hired by private detective Fred Otash to keep tabs on Monroe and the Kennedys through hidden electronic devices planted in Lawford's house. Otash, who had worked both for and against the White House, had been commissioned by teamster Jimmy Hoffa to build a derogatory profile on the brothers. And she said, don't bother me. Leave me alone. Before we continue this article, I want to talk a little bit because we did talk about Jimmy Hoffa last year. We talked about him. I have a podcast talking about Jimmy Hoffa and the mystery surrounding his death. So... Basically, they're saying that Jimmy Hoffa was trying to build something against the Kennedy brothers because Jimmy Hoffa, he was somebody that was for your everyday man, okay? And the Kennedy brothers came from a very privileged background, okay? They came from a big family, very privileged, you know, upper echelon, okay? They're one of the names that allegedly is in the top 13, And they're saying that, you know, Jimmy Hoffa, you know, had somebody listen to surveillance tapes dealing with the Kennedys. And he heard the conversation between the Kennedy brothers and Marilyn Monroe um, while they were, you know, intimately on the phone with each other. So this is huge. And I think it's weird. I don't do do I think that she was part of the Communist Party. I low-key feel like they said that she was part of the Communist Party just to make her look bad, um, to make it seem like she is this, like, femme fatale. I don't believe she was. But I think they used that against her. And that's why the Kennedy brothers kind of, like, pushed her aside. It was like, okay, you know what? We can't do this anymore. We can't play around with this. We're in a fucking cold roar. We can't do this, Okay. And the Cold War was with Russia. Don't this sound familiar? Let's continue. Alone. (coughs) Stay out of my life, Wilson recalls of Monroe's rant. (coughs) It was a very violent argument. She said, I feel passed around. I feel used. I feel like a piece of meat. Monroe's housekeeper Eunice Murray reveals in the documentary that Robert Kennedy who reportedly tried to hide the fact that he was in Los Angeles on the night of Monroe's death, even came to the pinup's house. She says the two engaged in a contentious argument just hours before her body was later discovered. It became so sticky that the protectors of Robert Kennedy had to step in to protect him, Murray says of the lover's quarrel. A policeman stands in front of Marilyn Monroe's house in Brentwood. AFP via Getty Images and the inconsistencies around the time, location, and discovery of her death are just as curious as her sordid relationships with the Kennedys. Credentialed authorities like senior FBI agent Jim Doyle tell Summers that the federal officials swooped down on the late star's home long before the local police came in at the reported time of 4.25 a.m. I was there, says Doyle, who doesn't reveal what he did on the scene, but the implication is that the feds came in to somehow clean up evidence of RFK's association with the deceased star. There were some bureau people there that normally wouldn't have been there. 
Summers uncovered some shocking truths about the hush-hush order that the FBI placed on Monroe's death investigation. <laughs> Getty Images They came on the scene immediately. Before anybody even realized what happened, he says. It had to be instructions from someone high up, higher than, than director of the FBI J. Edgar Hoover. The attorney, general, or the president. Law enforcement informant Harry Hall tells Summers that once FBI agents received their marching orders from on high, Monroe's death quickly became a hush-hush matter. The man that was really involved was the boss. He was the attorney general of the United States, so he'd have the FBI do anything, says Hall. People that knew, knew that they didn't want Bobby Kennedy's name brought into this, because his brother was the president. They had done everything to hush this up. Otash, too, recalls Robert Kennedy commissioning him and Wilson to have someone go out to Monroe's house and pick up any and all information that was possible regarding any involvement between Marilyn Monroe and the Kennedys. He was convinced there were diaries around and maybe a note. Doyle confirms that records of some sort were removed from Monroe's home. It happened, he says. Despite the Kennedys' questionably close proximity, Summers is almost certain the seven-year-itch siren was not murdered. He's convinced she either passed from suicide or an accidental overdose. I did not find out anything that convinced me that she had been deliberately killed, he says. Audio of Monroe detailing the secrets of her troubled life to her psychiatrist can be heard throughout the doc. Baron. And while there's still much that remains unknown about the last moments of her outwardly enviable life, the doc reveals that Monroe may have stirringly foreshadowed the would-be conundrum of her death. 117. What do you think? Post a comment. How do you go? Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go over what y'all just heard. <laughs> And this is in the documentary. So if you want to watch the documentary, like I said, it's on Netflix. And it's called The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tits. Um, basically, long story short, they're saying that the day of her death, That the FBI was ordered to go to her house to see what was going on. And they said it wasn't ordered by J. Edgar Hoover. Um, it was ordered by somebody higher than J. Edgar Hoover. So basically somebody that was part of, you know. Oh, Lord. Not that I don't know my branches anymore. Basically, somebody who was part of the president's cabinet. Somebody who was higher up. Somebody who could tell somebody the FBI to do their job. Um, and then they're basically saying that they're basically, basically is a filler word. I know people will say that. Um, they said that RFK, Robert F. Kennedy, was... In California, the day she passed, and one of the last people that she talked to on the phone. Um, they don't know who ordered for the FBI to be there when she passed away. But it's kind of contradictory to what they're saying, because the thing was, what they said that Marilyn Monroe had passed away in the ambulance. She didn't pass away at the house. 
So the story is very iffy and is very confusing. But the part that sticks out the most is that somebody in the presidential cabinet told the FBI to go check up on the situation. <clears throat> and that make her her death even more suspicious than it already was. Okay? Because people knew that the two, she had an affair with both, not only RFK, but JFK at the time. Okay? So, I'm going to talk about another article. I'm assuming it's another article. And I want to talk about this um, theory. I don't think it's a theory, though. Um, dealing with the citizen vigilant. I'm going to give them credit because, honey, when I read that, I was like, girl. So this one is from Esquire. And it's probably going to say the same thing as the other ones. Um, and it's going to talk about the tapes. You know, a matter of fact, I might as well just go ahead and go to the Vigilant Citizen because I'll be wasting your time because they're talking about the unheard tapes. Um, and like I said, it's on Netflix. If you want to look at it, you can go watch it today, you know, just to celebrate her the day of her birth, um, just to celebrate her. Um, so we're going to the Vigilant Citizen, honey. All right, let me see. Does he still have the Marilyn Monroe article? And I think it was part two of the article that I read. I didn't read the, all of it. Okay. The Hidden Life of Marilyn Monroe, the original Hollywood mind control slave, part two. Published nine years ago. Before before we uh <laughs> get into this. <laughs> yes, he did say <laughs> the original Hollywood mind control slave, all right? I want y'all to focus on what he said about the night that she had passed away. Um, and I'm not saying that what he's saying is a theory because there, should be, there could be some truth to it because there's no way in the world that you were going to have sex with the president and you were just some random bitch, okay? And Marilyn Monroe is not random. <laughs> All right. Come on. The Hidden Life of Marilyn Monroe, the original Hollywood mind control slave, part two. Published nine years ago on June 5th, 2013 by Vigilant Citizen. 
Facebook, Twitter, subscribe. In the second part of this two-part series, we'll look at the end of Marilyn Monroe's career and the circumstances around her death, all of which were typical for a victim of mind control. We will also examine her legacy in the shady MK Ultra underworld and how she became a symbol of monarch programming in Hollywood. Note, it is recommended that you read the first part of the series first. The first part of this series of articles described the hidden side of Marilyn Monroe's childhood and her beginnings in the entertainment industry. While Monroe projected the image of a glamorous sex symbol, the reality of her day-to-day -day life was pretty much the opposite. She was controlled, abused, exploited, and even traumatized by various handlers while living in prison-like conditions. Her difficult situations slowly led to a total mental breakdown and, when she apparently lost her usefulness to those controlling her, she lost her life in very strange circumstances. Monroe's legacy lives on, however, and in some ways, she is more relevant today than ever in the entertainment industry, but for the wrong reasons. There are now a great number of mind control slaves in Hollywood, and those behind the scenes have made Marilyn Monroe the ultimate symbol of beta programming. There are several Marilyn Monroes in Hollywood these days, all projecting an attractive image while being subjected to the same control and hardship as Monroe was. And all of them get associated with Monroe at one time or another in their career. Is it a coincidence? If you read my series of articles Symbolic Picks of the Month, you probably know that the use of Monroe's image is often repeated on a specific type of celebrity, too often to be simply a coincidence. Let's look at the end of Monroe's career, the circumstances of her death, and how her image is exploited by today's Illuminati industry. Presidential Model At the height of her career, Marilyn got involved with the highest power figure in the world, the President of the United States, John F. Kennedy. While some historians classify their relationship as an affair, researchers in monarch mind control claim that she was actually a presidential model, the highest level of beta programming slaves who are used to service presidents. If true, the existence of presidential models is quite a troubling concept, one that proves the power and the importance of monarch mind control in elite circles. Presidential models were slash are allegedly used by big-time entertainers and politicians as playthings, Mind all right we can talk about that on a whole nother day too girl all right but i want to talk about the timeline of the day she was passing okay um so yeah don't ask me if it's true or not okay Mind-controlled puppets programmed to perform assorted acts at the bidding of their manipulative handlers. Supposedly, Marilyn Monroe was the first monarch slave who achieved celebrity status. For those unfamiliar with the term presidential model, her death. Marilyn Monroe was found dead by her psychiatrist Ralph Greenson in her bedroom on August 5, 1962. While her death was classified as a probable suicide due to acute barbiturate poisoning, it is still one of the most debated conspiracy theories of all time. There are indeed a great number of facts pointing toward murder, yet the truth about her death has never been officially acknowledged. Since Marilyn's demise, a great number of other celebrities have lost their lives in similar circumstances.
To those who are aware of the dark side of the entertainment industry, the modus operandi of the occult elite has become quite clear. In Marilyn's case, the evidence is quite startling. In fact, so much evidence has been destroyed that it is difficult not to believe in a cover-up. Jack Clemens, the first LAPD officer who investigated the death scene, has gone on record to state that he believes that she was murdered. Many other detectives have said the same, but no murder charges were ever filed. Three people were present in Marilyn's house at the time of her death, her housekeeper Eunice Murray, her psychiatrist Dr. Ralph Greenson, and her internist Dr. Hyman Engelberg. The investigation around Marilyn's death revealed that Dr. Greenson called the police over an hour after Dr. Engelberg pronounced her dead. The behavior of the three present at the scene was described as erratic. Here are parts of the official timeline of events of that fateful night. 7 to 7.15 p.m. Joe DiMaggio Jr., son of baseball player Joe DiMaggio, and thus Monroe's former stepson, phones her about his broken engagement to a girl in San Diego. DiMaggio Jr. said when interviewed that Monroe sounded cheerful and upbeat. On duty with the Marines in California, DiMaggio was able to place the time of the call because he was watching the seventh inning of a Baltimore Orioles-Los Angeles Angels game being played in Baltimore. According to the game's records, the seventh inning took place between 10 and 10.15 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Thus, Monroe received the call around 7 p.m. California time. 7.30 to 7.45 p.m. Peter Lawford, President Kennedy's brother-in-law, telephones Monroe to invite her to dinner at his house, an invitation she had declined earlier that day. According to Lawford... Mon now, keep in mind when we were talking about um, in the last article where they said that um, Robert Kennedy was at Lawford House. This is the house they were talking about. Okay. Let me continue. Monroe's speech was slurred and was becoming increasingly indecipherable. After telling him goodbye, the conversation abruptly ends. Lawford tries to call her back again, but receives a busy signal. Telephone records show that this is the last phone call Monroe's main line received that night. 8 p.m. Lawford telephones Eunice Murray, who is spending the night in Monroe's guest house, on a different line asking if the maid would check in on her. After a few seconds, Murray returns to the phone telling Lawford that she is fine. Unconvinced, Lawford will try all night long to get in touch with Monroe. Lawford telephones his friend and lawyer Milton A. and Mickey Rudin, but is advised to keep away from Monroe's house to avoid any public embarrassment that could result from Monroe possibly being under the influence. 10 p.m. Housekeeper Eunice Murray walks past Monroe's bedroom door and later testifies that she saw a light on under the door, but decided not to disturb Monroe. 3 a.m. Eunice Murray calls Marilyn's personal psychiatrist, Dr. Greenson, on the second telephone line, she cannot wake Monroe. She is sure something is very wrong after peeking into her barred bedroom window. 3.40 a.m., Dr. Greenson arrives and tries to break open the door, but fails. He looks... If you haven't listened to my podcast, we have been talking about the timeline of Marilyn Monroe's death, and we will be continued. And yes, the article comes from the Vigilant Citizen, honey. 
I don't mind stating my sources. I don't care. So we're going to be continue. Looks through the French windows outside and sees Monroe lying on the bed holding the telephone and apparently dead. He breaks the glass to open the locked door and checks her. He calls Dr. Hyman Engelberg. There is some speculation that an ambulance might have been summoned to Monroe's house at this point and was later dismissed. 4.30 a.m. Police are called and arrive shortly after. The two doctors and Murray are questioned and indicate a time of death of around 12.30 a.m. Police note the room is extremely tidy and the bed appears to have fresh linen on it. They claim Murray was washing sheets when they arrived. Police note that the bedside table has several pill bottles, but the room contains no means <coughs> to wash pills down as there is no glass and the water is turned off. So basically the maid cleaned up the evidence. <laughs> Long story short, honey. Okay. The maid basically cleaned up the evidence. She messed with the crime scene. Let's continue. Off. Monroe was known to gag on pills even when drinking to wash them down. Later a glass is found lying on the floor by the bed, but police claim it was not there when the room was searched. So they're basically telling you, I'm going to tell you um, the last part of it because I kind of interrupted that part. It said the police know that beside the table had several pill bottles, but the room contained no means to wash pills down as there is no glass and water is turned off. <coughs> <clears throat> It says Marone was known to gag on pills even when drinking to wash them down. And it says later a glass is found lying on the floor by the bed, but the police claim it was not there when the room was searched. So you clean up the evidence and then you have to put the evidence back. This don't sound right, right? One. And two, if she has a hard time swallowing pills, how could it be an overdose? Searched. 5.40 a.m. Undertaker Guy Hockett arrives and notes that the state of rigor mortis indicates a time of death between 9.30 and 11.30 p.m. The time is later altered to match the witness statements. 6 a.m. <laughs> Murray changes her story and now says she went back to bed at midnight and only called Dr. Greenson when she awoke at 3 a.m. and noticed the light still on. Both doctors also changed their stories and now claim Monroe died around 3.50 a.m. Police note Murray appears quite evasive and extremely vague, and she would eventually change her story several times. Despite being a key witness, Murray travels to Europe and is not questioned again. Wikipedia, Death of Marilyn Monroe To sum up some strange events that happened that night, the police were called more than an hour after Monroe was found dead. The room was cleaned up by the maid and linen were changed after she was found dead. There were multiple pill bottles in her room, but no water. A glass was later found on the floor, but was not there when the room was first searched. The time of death given by the witnesses changed several times. Finally, prime witness and a possible suspect, Eunice Murray, leaves the country and is never questioned again. Pill bottles found next to Monroe's body. Circumstances surrounding Monroe's autopsy are also extremely suspicious, as the conclusion of the most important reports clearly shows that swallowing pills was not the cause of her death. Furthermore, 
there appears to be a clear effort to suppress all evidence that might lead to the true cause of Monroe's death. The pathologist, Dr. Thomas Noguchi, could find no trace of capsules, powder, or the typical discoloration caused by Nembutal in Monroe's stomach or intestines, indicating that the drugs that killed her had not been swallowed. If Monroe had taken them over a period of time, which might account for the lack of residue, she would have died before ingesting the amount found in her bloodstream. Monroe was found lying face down. There was also evidence of cyanosis, an indication that death had been very quick. Noguchi asked the toxicologist for examinations of the blood, liver, kidneys, stomach, urine and intestines, which would have revealed exactly how the drugs got into Monroe's system. <coughs> However, the toxicologist, after examining the blood, did not believe he needed to check other organs, so many of the organs were destroyed without being examined. Noguchi later asked for the samples, but the medical photographs, the slides of those organs that were examined and the examination form showing bruises on the body had disappeared, making it impossible to investigate the cause of death. Oh, girl, that's how I was going to details, Sammy. Ain't that something? I don't want to go into details with this whole story because it already looks off. Why are we continuing with this? He toxicology report shows high levels of Nembutal, 38 to 66 capsules, and chloral hydrate, 14 to 23 tablets, in Monroe's blood. The level found was enough to kill more than 10 people. An examination of the body ruled out intravenous injection as the source of the drugs. <coughs> Coroner Dr. Theodore Kerfee oversaw the full autopsy. Apart from the cause of death as listed on the death certificate, the results were never made public and no record of the findings was kept. Ibid. In 1985, British journalist Anthony Summers investigated the circumstances surrounding Monroe's death. He managed to obtain an interview with the maid Eunice Murray for a BBC report. She inadvertently admitted some damning facts. For the BBC program, Eunice Murray initially repeated the same story she had told Robert Slatzer in 1973 and the police in 1962. She apparently noticed the camera crew starting to pack up and then said, why, at my age, do I still have to cover this thing? Unknown to her, the microphone was still on. Murray went on to admit that Monroe had known the Kennedys. She volunteered that on the night of the actress' death, when the doctor arrived, she was not dead. Murray died in 1994 without revealing further details. Damn. Ibid. Despite all of these facts, the truth about Marilyn's death is still not out in the open. As is the case for many other celebrity deaths, there is an aura of mystery surrounding it and a whole lot of answered questions. In other words, it fits the profile of a typical occult elite assassination that has the power to keep law enforcement from revealing the truth. Some researchers have attempted to pinpoint who instigated the murder. Some cite the Kennedys, the CIA, her psychologists, or other individuals. It is perhaps wiser to take a step back and to look at the wider picture, 
most of the people around Monroe were part of the same system. It was not a single person who decided to kill her, she was an MK slave who was thrown off the freedom train. Like many others after her, she was a celebrity who was exploited when she was useful and eliminated when her programming started to break down. Ah, we're gonna start right there. Um, so y'all, yeah. no, um, y'all want me? Y'all want to know my theory on this? <clears throat> I don't think the Kennedys had anything to do with her because, um. When did she pass? Let me get my dates right. Okay. So Marilyn Monroe, she passed August 4th, 1962, which is crazy because in that Obama's birthday, hold on, when Obama's birthday is? <laughs> I know that birthday is very big. Um, August 4th. I know his birthday is August 4th. He was born August 4th, 1961. So it was his first birthday when she passed. Ain't that something? All right. John F. Kennedy passed a year later, November the 22nd, 1963. And his brother also passed. Let's look up what R when RFK passed away as well. Um June 6, 1968. So that was kind of a big time period between that time. And I don't know why people decide to cut grasses on an important topic right now. But okay. Anyway. <clears throat> I don't feel like the Kennedys were behind her death. Let me give you the reason why. Um. A lot of people didn't like the Kennedys as well because, like I said, they were different. And they came from, you know, blue blood. They had money. They're good looking. They were young. They were pro-civil rights movement. And people did not care for them because they were just very powerful people. Okay? And I feel like... The Kennedys had no reason to. The reason why the um, FBI was there was to see who killed the Kennedys, who not killed the Kennedys, who killed Marilyn Monroe, because they know whoever did it to Marilyn Monroe would eventually get to them. And they did. You know, both brothers were assassinated. One a year after, the other uh, four years after her passing. I don't believe they're a part of it, but the Kennedys have a bad habit of being near and around weird situation dealing with beautiful women. Y'all remember I told y'all about Chopper Quiddick has to do with Ted Kennedy, that whole situation where they were in a car accident, this woman died, and they covered up the fact that Ted Kennedy had an affair. They want people to ignore the fact that this woman died, and they shame her name through the affair. Same thing they did with Marilyn Monroe. Once people found out that she was messing with the Kennedy brothers, 
People felt the need to shame her. They felt the need to make her look bad. And nobody wanted to give her the flowers that she deserved. I mean, all her talent is not seen as talent anymore. Nobody wants to talk about how talented she is. People talk about her beauty, but they make her out to be a femme fatale. You, and I told y'all they tried to put out there that she was a communist because they wanted to make her look bad. They wanted to make her seem like a femme fatale that was trying to take over the United States government. But the truth of the matter is she just had a thing thing for two brothers. Okay. That's a little thing thing. But I don't feel like the Kennedys had anything to do with her passing. Who do I feel had to do with the passing? I don't know. But I don't think the Kennedys had to do with it. I low-key believe that they had the FBI there to see what happened and who did it. And they want to know if this person was going to attack them as well. Because if the person knew about Marilyn Monroe, knew about Robert Kennedy going to um, the law firm's house, and then he called her to come over to have, you know, um, a fling at the law firm house one last time, and she said no. And um, th this is all allegedly, y'all. This is me coming up with the story with the information I'm giving. Anyway, um, with him asking her to come over to the law for house and she said, no, you know, I'm tired of being tossed around like a toy. I'm not a toy. I'm a human being. I have feelings. I have emotions. You're not going to play with me. I don't like the games that we're playing. I think the FBI was there because they were curious as to who would have done it. Now, I remember one time I was watching um, a documentary on, um, I don't know if it was on the History Channel or it was on the A&E channel, but they were talking about the death of Marilyn Monroe. And they basically said that, like they said in the article, that she was injected in her toe. Because if, so, if somebody takes drugs and they do it through their toe, you can't trace it. Which is why there was an assumption that she overdosed on pills. And keep in mind, the maid was in there. The maid was in her room. So the maid had basically cleaned up her area, cleaned up where she was at. The maid did. The maid cleaned up her bedroom. So she cleaned up the evidence of what had happened. So that she left the pills and the water there. You got to clean up evidence and make somebody look good. You would get rid of the pills, right? She wasn't trying to make her look good. She was cleaning up the evidence of that there was a possibility of her being murdered. But um, she did later on in her life say that Marilyn Monroe was still alive. She was comatose. She was still alive in the ambulance. The question is, who outside the Kennedy brothers would have want Marilyn Monroe dead? Will we ever find out or will it just be one of life's mysteries? With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. This is the longest podcast I have done in a while. Um, I will be coming back to you with the bootleg Marilyn Monroe who wants to be Marilyn Monroe and talk about her business manager tomorrow. Um, I hope you guys have a lovely Wednesday and I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. This is Lady Tiffany Ma and this is These Walls of Thin. What you do in the dark will come to light. It will eventually come out who really had Marilyn Monroe killed. It will.
With that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. I am so outie.